to Life in the Land of the Ice and Snow. My name is Heather, and I'm here with my co-host, Monica. And today we have Lionel from Argentina. Hello. Hello. Uh, we know absolutely nothing about you. And we were very <laughs> careful when you came in not to ask you any questions. So question number one will be pretty easy. How long have you been in Sweden? Well, I've been in Sweden for five years now. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a good, you that's know. That's a decent amount of time. Yeah. You've gotten over the honeymoon period. But it's you, still hilarious. It's, yeah, it's still hilarious. <laughs> and you're starting to learn the language, so you're starting to understand more of the side conversations you hear on the bus. So what brought you to yeah. Sweden? Uh, girlfriend. <laughs> the love refugee. I mean, that's the, the short side of the story. Yeah. yeah. But how did you meet a Swede when you lived in Argentina? Okay. Uh, this is sort of a complicated story. Okay. But my girlfriend, she's half Swedish, mm-hmm. half Argentinian. Okay. Okay. And her mother, who is the Argentinian one, was friends with my mother when she lived in Argentina. They went to university together. Uh-huh. So we've known each other since she was like nine months old. <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, not that I remember that no. point yeah, of time. But, yeah. but you guys knew each other for a really long time before you started dating. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Well, tell us a little bit about Argentina. I'll tell you what, what I found out. Um, <laughs> okay. You can verify this It's is pretty true. short. Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, of course, you know, very far south in South America, so you've got the opposite climate. So the coldest month is July, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool and would work out great if everything works for you here because think if you could have six months in Sweden during the summer and six months in Argentina during Swedish winter, that would be perfect. And the only other thing I know is that the political parties have their own craft beer. Is this true? I mean, it's not like very popular beers. <laughs> right. <laughs> is, the pop, is the popularity of the beers based on the popularity of the party? Uh, no. no. I mean, I what mean, happens if a horrible party makes a really great beer mm. and then you feel like, oh, but I don't want to purchase that? <laughs> <laughs> mm? Hasn't happened yet. No. Mm. All right. We'll see when it comes. Yeah, yeah. No. I think this is something that the Swedes should catch on to. Yeah. They're, pretty, they're getting pretty good at craft beer. I, I think that would work yeah. out well. And we all like beer, so. There you go. I, I would just choose my political party based on that. <laughs> or pastries. pastries. Like each political party could have a different pastry. That's a good idea. We were all discussing our mutual love of pastries a while ago mm-hmm. and how where we come from, we have them for breakfast and the strange Swedes have them for snacks, sometimes <laughs> lunch or dinner when we're talking about pancakes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So Yeah, that was a hard one. The pancakes on Thursday. I still haven't mm-hmm. gotten behind that. <laughs> no, no. Pancakes are breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, always. that's the pancake as a, as a part of lunch or dinner and yeah. with the erdschoppa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's weird. No. I, I get, like, the salty and the sweet, but, yeah, it's but it's pancakes. It's, yeah. it's again, it's breakfast. It's not dessert. It's pancakes. No. Dessert is cakes yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say no if somebody serves me that. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's not weird, that. that's all. Breakfast should be cinnamon buns. Breakfast yeah. should be cake. <laughs> At least in my house. In your house. <laughs> but tell me about, so Argentina is quite south in South America. So yeah. is it similar weather to here or is it still more tropical because mm-hmm. it is still closer to like the equator? I mean, the thing with Argentina is that it's particularly long. Right. Mm-hmm. So then you have the super cold and the very warm. Okay. So at any point in time, you would have in the same country, a glacier that never melts. And then oh. subtropical, over 25 degrees Celsius weather year-round year round. places. 
Okay. How long does it take to travel from one end to the other? Of Argentina? Yeah. Plane? Got no idea. It has to be like <laughs> six hours. Ah, okay. Yeah. That At is, least. Yeah, that is a pretty long distance then. Mm-hmm. So it's not technically like you could go swimming in the morning and skiing in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> It's not Colorado. No. No, no. It's not San Diego. <laughs> but you're from oh, really Buenos Aires. I'm from right? Buenos Aires, which is like about the middle. Yeah, so not right. too cold, not too warm. I think to answer your question, it is sort of a Sweden like weather right. in the southern region, Patagonia. Yeah, Patagonia and stuff. So, what are the differences that you've noticed between, I mean, Buenos Aires is huge mm-hmm. <laughs> compared to Stockholm. Yeah. So, what are the, some of the things that struck you? I mean, I think everything is different yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, from language, of course, mm-hmm. to culture. The Argentinians are very outgoing and loud, while yeah. the Swedes are more on the calm side of the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. In Buenos Aires, you might be in a bus stop and talk to a stranger just yeah. because you're waiting for the bus and that's what you have in common and you yeah. start yeah. to talk. And if you do that here, then you're either insane or drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you learn the language? I did learn the language. Yeah. I, yeah, took a sort of a different approach Mm -hmm. and did full-time Swedish when I got here. And I was fluent in five months. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) Well. (laughs) That sort of sparks another conversation. (laughs) Yeah. So so why don't you tell us what you do for a living? (laughs) Segway. Okay. So segue to that because... I had this very clear goal of being able to speak Swedish fluently. Right. Uh, we went to work, and when I say we, it's me and my girlfriend. Mm. And she was already a Spanish teacher here and had learned some things along the way. Uh, so we decided to basically experiment with me mm-hmm. and try to learn Swedish the fastest way possible. Okay. So we tried a couple of different things, uh, and I guess the, in the end, it worked. Yeah. So you taught, or you didn't self-teach yourself, but you guys came up with a program on your own to teach you Swedish within a certain amount of time. Mm, Pretty much. I was, at the same time, going to SFE. Okay. Okay. Uh, But SFE is, I don't know, two, three hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was doing more Swedish, like five hours a day extra, or either Swedish or trying to figure out a method to learn Swedish. Yeah. Uh, And what we finally came up with as one of the cornerstones is that in order to be able to study Swedish eight hours a day, mm-hmm. you need to do it in a way that's fun and mm-hmm. entertaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, you just want to shoot yourself. Yeah. So can we get like a few pointers on what you did to make it fun and entertaining? <laughs> I don't want to give away mm-hmm. your whole thing. But no, no, no. I, <laughs> because I, this is actually your business now, right? Like yeah, this that, is what that's you're doing as a business. Now became become yeah. a business. I guess it's just up to whatever works for you. For mm-hmm. me, the thing that worked the most in the beginning or that I could stand the most was just watching TV. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. I started by watching child programs. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's a really good way. They talk slower, they use simpler mm-hmm. language. Um, SVT has something that has like the subtitles mm-hmm. in Swedish for the people that are deaf. Right. I'm not yeah. deaf, but I was Swedish deaf. <laughs> and it helps you learn the spelling too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it was a combination of hours of that, SFE, and then grammar, but grammar taught in a way that she already knew how to teach. I mean, coupling things to things that matter to you and 
maybe finding patterns in other languages that you already know mm-hmm. so that it sort of goes in your brain a bit faster. And immersing yourself in, like you said, like identifying the things that you can stand and that are almost gamifying the way that you're learning and that it's encouraging you to want to to participate in that instead of just SFE, which we've all participated in various forms. Mm-hmm. But I think it's for learning tough. anything, one method yeah. doesn't work for everybody. No. And mm-hmm. if you really want to get into it. But what I wonder is how exhausted were you every day? Because just for me, just having mm-hmm. to translate and think and talk in another language in my head, it makes me so tired. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Uh, but sort of with this is what we try to find is the thing that I could do for mm-hmm. hours. And um, the listening part or the watching TV part was sort of the break from studying grammar. Maybe I studied grammar for half an hour and then I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was two hours <laughs> of uh, watching something. And that sort of, even if you don't understand everything, you can just let it go. And at some point it starts to take, you understand the context of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. then you need to sort of train your ears because there's sounds that you never heard before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can't really <laughs> identify them. So the TV was a way of, letting your brain do sort of an auto autopilot. That's a mistake a lot of people make. I made the same mistake of trying to translate every single word that I heard or mm. that I read. And it went a lot better when I realized that if you just let it go and just pick up the stuff that you know and just go by context clues and don't sit there trying to figure out every single thing, that's really a good way to go about it. Mm-hmm. So my next question is, what were your favorite Swedish cartoons and TV shows? Oh, <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's different different stages. In the beginning, it was uh, Hurra for Kalle. Yeah, I know which one that is. They have it in English, too. It's Lowly Worm and, and his friends. I don't no, remember this at yeah. all. <laughs> <I'll look later>. <laughs> <laughs> but they are detectives. Yeah. yeah. And they're trying to solve some mystery. Yeah. Uh, and they just repeat the same thing. 20 times in an episode. <laughs> they managed to say the same thing 20 times in a 10-minute period. That's perfect. So sort of and there brainwashing. Types, yeah. yeah, and then their types of mysteries are probably like who stole the pie or mm. easy words. Easy, yeah. <laughs> All right, and then as it went on. And then as it went, as it progressed, Alphonse Aubrey is mm-hmm. a oh. pretty good one. There's not a lot of that. That's a relaxing one to watch, too. Yeah. I find it to be incredibly soothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would think that one's really good, too, for mm-hmm. also picking up a little bit of Swedish culture and Swedish mm-hmm. storytelling. Yeah, exactly. Right. Pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's the, the second thing that you get along the way. And I, then the end all be all, once you're like above SFE level, uh, I took uh, one of the most popular Swedish soap operas, which is called Rederiet. Okay, you're ahead of me on this one. I didn't even know I've there were Swedish seen... soap operas. Mm? I see In... them at the doctor's office. Oh, okay. From the 90s. Basically, <laughs> the whole thing is one of these like Viking line kind of ferries. Okay. Right. There's the crew of the boat, and that's the... That's the premise. That's the premise. It's like love boats. Things yeah. that happen on the boat, and people get drunk, and people get whatever. <laughs> Oh, that's oh good. I gotta never watch on this. a Swedish uh, cruise <laughs> so TV series. this thing has, I think, 360 episodes or whatnot. Wow. I went through 200, and then it was uh, I was done with it. Yeah. Uh, but it's like 45-minute long episodes, so that's a Ooh, lot of time. That is a lot of time. And I think it's also like a cornerstone of that era, so people know it. It's like Friends. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So people, when you say Rederiet, Swedes go, what? Oh. 
<laughs> so you're totally up to date with Swedish 90s society. Exactly. I could the, totally the live phrases. in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> in Sweden. In Sweden. But now that you have your own company mm -hmm. with your girlfriend, how does this work? And how do you teach people? What do you do? And was that the premise of the way you guys were like kind of setting up your learning? Was the premise to eventually open this? Or did that kind of, was that a byproduct of what happened while it you were learning? It was a byproduct like three years later. Okay, cool. Uh, because we were all both doing other things. Right. Uh, and she stopped doing the Spanish teaching. Mm -hmm. Worked in Spanish embassy and and. The students kept calling her, saying, mm. I want Spanish lessons, where are you? <laughs> I said, I'm not teaching anymore, I, where are you? Yeah. <laughs> so she finally sort of gave up and went back to teaching Spanish, but now having her own company. And from that, was enriched by the whole process of me learning Swedish. So now she started having Spanish lessons, and as she would have more and more Spanish lessons, then the next natural step was Swedish lessons. That's also a thing that's been happening for a year now. Yeah. What we do right now is that we created a Facebook group called Learn Swedish in a Fun Way mm -hmm. and an Instagram page which is called Fun Swedish where we oh. post every day sort of a little little bit of knowledge. Yes, and that's how I found you mm -hmm. is through the Facebook page which mm -hmm. I believe has over 5,000 followers, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the Facebook group has about 5,000 on the Instagram has about 3,000. Yeah, and it's That's called uh, Learn Swedish in a Fun Way. Yeah, I thought it was, uh, I found it in some of these expat forums and <laughs> I thought it was really funny and it gives you so many cultural things, you know, just on the holidays or just things in general. Mm -hmm. It's short, it's to the point, it's fun, and, and yeah, I think it's really great. I like that, but I didn't know you had an Instagram account too. Yeah, I mean, that was sort of a second thought well yeah. you gotta have an instagram mm. account we don't have an instagram account we need instagram we need an instagram account, account. yeah we do have a facebook account just yes. for everyone who doesn't know yeah. like us yes like us life <laughs> in the land of the won't ice let you like snow. people anymore but, and then you know. and then you go to learn swedish in a fun way and you go like that one i gotta look that up <laughs> I'm because, you know, I'm like culturally illiterate, it feels like, and now that we're doing this podcast, every time we meet someone, Heather pulls out all these cultural things, and I don't know any of it. Really? There's witches? What? We're supposed to whip each other? Huh? Well, you can learn this now from mm. learning Swedish in a fun way. That's right. That's right. And sort of the, the shtick of the thing is that through storytelling, things stay in your head because otherwise you just read a bunch of words and comes in and it comes out just as fast but if you couple it with a story then your mind sort of goes to work in a different way and then if you can remember the story which your mind is much better at remembering yeah. then you might remember the actual word there's just some things that sound really weird in swedish compared to Spanish, mm -hmm. and that's also we observe this because I'm not giving any Swedish lessons uh, because I'd rather you have you learn from someone that's native. Right. But I'm giving some Spanish lessons right now, mm -hmm. and in the process of teaching things, things come up that words that mean completely different things. Uh, there's names in Swedish that in Spanish sound horrible yes. or very funny. So Linda mm -hmm. means pretty right. in Spanish. Right. Yeah. Uh, then there's Osa which sounds like female bear in Spanish. That's the problem also when you're having a kid with somebody from another culture and country is coming up with the name because, again, mm -hmm. the names can mean mm. so much. And even be pronounced differently. I mean, we've talked about Isaac is Isak in yeah. Swedish, so it can be real, real differences. And if you're 
the English speaker, you're probably wanting it to be pronounced that way. And if you're the Swede, you want it to be pronounced that way. And then your kid has two names almost. <laughs> yeah, and you'll never get your family to pronounce no. it the correct way. You just uh, got to live with it. <laughs> no, yeah, just try to choose something relatively easy for everyone. Yeah, and you, Lionel, how is that working out for you in Stockholm? I mean, <laughs> so-so. Uh-huh. Uh, what do they call you? The biggest problem I have now is whenever I go to a hospital or something like that, they call me by my second name and not yes. my first name. I've had that too. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. Did we not talk about this before? It's very common in Sweden that people go by their middle names and okay. not by their first names. Oh, because um, they also have like a thousand names in between their well, first and their last name. Well, sometimes, but not necessarily. A, a lot of the older generation yeah. that I know of, they all go by their middle names. Really? So I've had the same. When I go to the doctor, mm-hmm. occasionally they'll call me by my middle name, and then I I'm just sit there and like, I'm like, Audrey. oh, that's funny. Somebody <laughs> has the same middle name. Audrey's <laughs> not so common around here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's weird. Who's that? <laughs> so my second name is... Esteban, which mm-hmm. sometimes goes to Stefan. Oh, God. So wow. sometimes the doctor, you're expecting someone to say Leonel, and the doctor comes out and says, Stefan. And, <laughs> and nobody gets up. No chances in hell you miss, you're going to know it's you. <laughs> Until like maybe the third time, and then you I get Esther sometimes instead of Heather. Mm. And I, I think I, I said before I accidentally stole someone's appointment one time because I just assumed they were mispronouncing my name as <laughs> Esther. <laughs> and when I came I out and I was leaving, then I heard somebody come out and start calling my name. Heather? 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was like, just keep walking, keep walking. <laughs> There must be another Heather. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have that problem so much uh, because Monica is Monica's fairly a common in Sweden also. Really popular Swedish name, which I didn't... Well, it's really mm. popular for people that they're now in their retiree age. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah. It's, it's a decent mix of Monica's, I think. Uh, <laughs> they're usually surprised that, one, I'm not older, and two, that I am not actually Swedish because my name is so very, very Swedish. Once a week, I get that. <laughs> Pro tip for yeah. your child, Monica, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> you found the name that works in both languages. Yeah. But so what are the things, like you've been here for five years now. You've you obviously major differences coming from Argentina to here. Mm-hmm. What are things that you miss from back home? Food. Mm-hmm. Food is always mm-hmm. the thing. Good answer. So which food do you miss the most? Steak? Steak. <laughs> uh, that's unfor- the unfortunate truth. Yeah, because Argentinian steak is like one of the best steaks you can have. Plus, I mean, the thing is the, the balance of quality and price oh, in Argentina yeah. is like nothing. You go out, you buy a steak, it's worth, I don't know, a fifth of what it's worth here. And the quality mm-hmm. is nothing compared to it. Plus, I didn't know that. Also culture shock. They just do it differently. You just cut the meat in a different way here. Yeah. No, they totally do. They've started somewhat cutting meat or at least providing the cuts of meat that at least that I'm used to from the state. But when I first moved here, I mean, I took this joy of, it's this old cookbook my mom gave me, Joy Mm -hmm. of Cooking. And in there, they had dissected out the cow to identify the different cuts of meat. And I actually took it one time to one of the big grocers and I pointed to what I wanted because I wanted to do, I think, some kind of like carnitas or something. So I needed like the underbelly. And that was before big pork belly was big here. And I'm like, I need this. (laughs) He's like, "Uh, nope. 
We don't have that. <laughs> it's wow. the same cow. Yeah, no, I'm like, yeah. how can you not? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do exactly? with that? <laughs> Who's using this part? <laughs> but it, yeah, but now huh. they're getting a little bit better. But it is amazing that you can literally cut up a cow in a different way. It's like, mm. is it the metric system? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not the metric system. We have the metric system. Exactly. That's, yeah, that's not true. it. <laughs> how do you eat your steaks in Argentina? Because uh, they kind of don't use much here. They just serve it with some potatoes. And I know well, in that's Texas they slobber it with uh, Bernays sauce or something. Bernays they sauce. always have yeah. Sauces. We have steak sauce when we eat it. Argentina not so much. Really? We just grill, pam pam. That's over. It, I think Texas is fifty fifty. I would say that there's like this idea that if you have to put something on your meat, then it's not good enough. I it's understand. Just, it's so good. <laughs> you just you should, don't need you to touch just it. Eat it alone. I agree. I think the best things are like that. It also seems to be the Italian way of quit adding all this stuff to it. Just have the fresh ingredients, have it be what it should be. That's Mm -hmm. another complaint I have about a lot of Swedish food is that they just put too much stuff in it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, the pizzas, they're throwing everything, Bernays sauce again, (laughs) corn, whatever they can find. It's too much. And a lot of the sandwiches is too much. Just give me like tomato Mm -hmm. and some mozzarella. I'm good. I don't need, yeah, just give me ham and cheese. I don't need anything Mm. else. Do you think they do that though? Because when you think about the winter time and the flavors get less because we have to import Mm. so much. So maybe they doctor everything up because there is no flavor (laughs) during certain (laughs) times of the year. Because if you think the reverse, when we think about midsummer, those are kind of simple dishes, right? At least the lunch usually is Mm -hmm. uh, a fish and boiled potatoes with butter and strawberries with cream. Then it does become a little bit more simple. Yeah, think maybe you're that's right. Why. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But. I completely agree. That's always been my theory as well. It just, you got no flavor. You need to do something with it. Yeah. <laughs> Mother it with a Bernays sauce and call it. Voila. <laughs> so what else do you miss? What other foods? What other foods? I mean, all the pastries. Mm-hmm. The thing is, most people don't know this, but Argentina is sort of a mix of cultures. And the mix of cultures is probably like 40% Spanish, maybe another 40% Italian. Mm-hmm. And then some whatever sort of a mix of the war and also that argentina was so big and so depopulated that they just were giving out the land for free just if you came here yeah come here get a piece of land okay (laughs) then that should bring you a lot of different influences in Mm. in food exactly so what's best stuff what's the what's the best pastries that we don't have here i think the pastries are just very inspired from the italian side Mm. with some mix of maybe some french I don't have. Any, I don't even have a word for the things that we have there. Yeah. But it, it's just like croissant, and then the croissant has twenty cousins. So twenty. I didn't cousins. know this. I mean, croissants are my favorite pastry. I gotta go to Argentina. Have you found anywhere that kind of measures up? No. We need tips. We we need to know where to go for the good know. stuff. But don't pizza call- as well. Pizza. I can't Swedish pizza. Just- but is it like is Argentina pizza like Brazilian, where you do a lot of crazy things with it? I'm not sure no. about the Brazilian we one. We haven't had Brazilian pizza. I, we need we a- don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know Brazilians. I'll have to get them on here. <laughs> we'll get a Brazilian on and talk yeah. about that. Yeah, but they s- oh, no, destroy no, no. the Swedes yeah. in their ability to put things on it. I mean, they put everything on their pizza and then they have sweet pizzas as well that are dessert pizzas i mean they really really go crazy Mm. Mm. yeah yeah Yeah. i'm talking about this Uh, pizza with chocolate yeah no we don't do that no 
that's you purists. Wrong. We're more of a purist, but we're, there's a lot of deep dish culture oh. in the pizza. Yeah, they really don't have that here. I was going to say that the pizza is getting a lot better here with mm-hmm. the Italians that are, are bringing the 400 degree oven. But yeah, no deep dish. I pizza Hut? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know. Yeah, it'll do, but... <laughs> at, at least in Buenos Aires, there's like a very big pizza culture. There's now even now a, a marathon, a pizza marathon. It's the Pizza 5K. So there's this one street, which is about five kilometers long, which has all the most known pizzerias in Buenos Aires. And the idea is that you go, you start at one point with one pizzeria, you take a slice of that pizza, you eat a slice, and then you keep walking or running. You try to accomplish the feat of going to the 10 best known pizzerias in that avenue and eat them all in a span of five kilometers. Okay, the problem here is that we record this podcast in the evening before dinner, <laughs> and now know. all this I want cool. is pizza. <laughs> this is really mean. I think that's the greatest thing ever. What, that what time fantastic. of the year is this? <laughs> They're just booking a flight. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think it's about around, like around now. Oh, Ooh, okay. I can next year. Too late now. Next year. Yeah, hmm? booking a flight. We Gotta. could do like a podcast from this race. Okay. <laughs> I'm on my ninth pizza. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the fourth. Oh my God. Roll me to the next one. <laughs> it does remind me, though, I had a few lists of things that are coming up this weekend. And one of them is a race here in Stockholm. Very much different from the pizza race. Mm. It is the Tough Viking race. Have oh, you guys heard about yes, this? Yes, I'd I've never heard about it. it. Mm-mm. Okay, I'll just go over it real quick. It's the largest obstacle race in Scandinavia. The obstacles include fire, water, electricity, mm-hmm. mud, mm-hmm. monkey bars, and barbed wire. Mm-hmm. Like every good race should have mm-hmm. barbed wire. The worst part is the water, though, because the water is still ice cold. And a lot of these, at least, there's two of them, I think, that are held. There's one now and maybe yes, one later. There, there's and two. There, this one particular one that I know about has this huge slide that dumps you into a lake. Where? Mm-hmm. Is it, and this it's, is in Stockholm, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 in Stockholm. Is that oh, awful? And then what? You have to swim out of it uh-huh. and keep going. Uh-huh. And this and is you this get is electrocuted. You... And you pay to do that. And you pay. <laughs> you pay. Do you win anything, or is it just the glory of you're a tough Viking? That you're a tough Viking. Oh, now no, you can no. opt out of all the obstacles, but then you have to do something in return. You know, like twenty push-ups or run not eat around. pizza from different. Yeah. No. no, it's mm, not that. I'm out of this one. This then. would be the opposite. But what is barbed wire? What do they do for that? I know one crawl? crawl underneath it. Oh, like okay. a like those army crawls. But then I also know the electricity one sometimes is that too. Oh, like uh, like electric fences. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's happening this coming weekend. So you didn't sign up for it? Is I, what you're saying? I didn't. No. That's Sounds no. lovely. Yeah, I'm not a tough Viking. Um, no. I'm sorry, it's not my thing. And the other thing this weekend, though, that is a little more my speed is they're having this outdoor festival at Kungstragården. This used to be called Olympic Day, I think. And you can try out all these different... The the best thing is you can either kayak or canoe in the Kungstragården fountain. And I always think that's fun for a lot of pictures. And I usually take my kids. And so they have just different sports things you can try out. You can try, like, what do they call it when you walk on... I would say Mm -hmm. tightrope walking. 
thing, but down on the ground, what is it? Slackline. And they just have a lot of different sports you can try out for free, uh, sometimes fencing, and they'll teach you. Well, that's cool. I think everybody gets like five minutes, so that's kind of a fun thing that's going on in Stockholm this weekend that I would give as a tip, as a much uh, safer alternative than to tough biking. Tough biking. You could go race. watch tough biking. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> that's a pretty fun spec. Yeah. Sport. <laughs> oh, and then also just to cover a little more things, uh, in Gothenburg, they're having a Comic-Con. I know they have a guest from Stranger Things. That's all I know about it. Mm-hmm. And then in Umeå, they're having, they're opening up a place called Guitars, the museum. And it's uh-huh. a huge celebration this weekend and they have musical guests. It's going to be a big thing. So if you actually live near that area, yeah. you have a new museum to check out. I guess it would be really smart for us maybe to include tips like you just did outside of Stockholm. See, I was thinking we have a lot of listeners who don't necessarily live in Stockholm, or we have people who might want to travel to Sweden. We do have a lot of listeners in other countries now. Maybe you're planning your vacation or planning to move and trying to figure out, hey, who's got everything going on? So there are more towns than Stockholm (laughs) that have things going on, I guess. I guess. So yeah. what are what are the differences like between just free time and nightlife that people generally do in Buenos Aires? The good thing with Buenos Aires is you can do whatever thing crosses your mind. You can do that at whatever time <laughs> you want to do it. So okay. if you decide it's 4 a.m. Tuesday, you want to eat a pizza, you can do that. You want to go to a rave at 3 p.m. on a Wednesday, there is something. <laughs> Yeah, that is an advantage with a very big city. Yeah. You just need to know where and maybe be in the group. But mm-hmm. So what kind of things do you do here? What kind of things? None of that. No, <laughs> nothing. No raves at 3 p.m. on a Wednesday? I'll have to look that up on my <laughs> Stockholm schedule. Complain about exactly. when the place is closed at 10 p.m. Yeah. Well, what? Because I read that dinner time is often at 10 p.m. in Argentina. Is that right? Yep, pretty much. I uh, still can't wrap my head around eating that late. Mm, I think it's just different weather. Yeah. To make things different. So once, I think it works a bit similar in Spain. Mm. Like you have this mm-hmm. very big meal in the middle of the day. And then like traditionally you took a nap. Because it's so it's so warm out that you can't really function. Yeah. So you choose to take a nap from maybe the time from 12 to 4 is mm. a bit mm-hmm. I, it's problematic. It's like a lot of mm. countries. Yeah. And then you get used to then continuing with your life after that still i used to think like 8 p.m was too late to eat now Mm. i keep meeting people from places where it's even later and later (laughs) i did my whole almost my whole education Mm -hmm. uh, finishing classes at 10 p.m really because you'd break it up between the day or would you like work and then go I, I was a sort of, of a particular weird case that I had high school. And for me, high school is from 12 to 18. That I went to classes from 5 to 10 p.m. All the classes. Weird. Not just you, your entire class. Like My a, entire class, yeah. Is that common? or um, It's not that common. But I have never heard of that. So what do you do during the day? Then sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Siesta. Sleep. But I came home at like 11. Strange. So that's when I ate dinner. And then your family was on a similar schedule, just... Pretty much. I have never heard of that. You know, I complain that the kids have to start school here at, like, 8.15. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, couldn't they start a little later? But I didn't mean that late. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I can't even stay up past, later. like, I mean, particularly in my school, we had, like, three different shifts. 
So okay. some kids started at 7.30, uh-huh. some others started at 12, and some others, like us, started at 5 p.m. Would this be something to do with just, like, the population and maybe that you have to stagger it out because there's just so many people? Mm-hmm. Or, I, it's just Probably. a guess. I yeah. have no idea. Yeah. I told you about they did similar things in my school district, at least where I grew up. They had to stagger our times, but it wasn't that big of a disparity. Mm -hmm. And then university, it's very common to work and study. So when I went to Mm -hmm. university, I worked pretty much a full-time job and then went to university. So classes start at 6, 7 (laughs) and up to 10, 11. I'm in bed by 10. Yeah. (laughs) My phone tells me to go to bed by 10. (laughs) Okay, once again, we have recorded this way too close to dinner and Mm -hmm. gotten on the food topic. So I think it might be about time to start wrapping it up. (laughs) Is there anything else you wanted to mention? Uh, We'll say again, your Facebook page is Learn Swedish in a Fun Way. And very popular, I think very informative and funny Mm -hmm. and nice and light. And what was the Instagram account? The Instagram account is Fun Swedish. And the company is called Enjoy Learning and Never Stop. Well, thank you so much for being on, and yes, it's been so you. great to learn stuff, and we're super mm-hmm. jealous at how quick you learn Swedish. Yeah. Or I am. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye.